Wow. Well, <laughs> good day, everybody. I know. <laughs> it has been a while. I have been digging, uh, researching, interviewing, talking to lots of people. And, um, and it takes a long time to get things right. And that's what I always like to do. And sometimes we don't, right? And we, uh, it's easy for me to acknowledge when I'm wrong because it happens. <laughs> it happens. No big deal. So uh, this is the Rural Requiem, everybody. And here is the beginning of a wonderful series about uh, our elections, which our elections and how they're managed and ran in this country have been front and center center stage for years you know what is this is thanks to president trump and uh, how he left office and how he continues to behave outside of office it's why he's got lots of legal problems i really want to avoid these kind of you know uh polarizing issues and focus more on how elections are done for each of us, which is in our local communities. And in Illinois, it's a very decentralized system, you know, that's all focused in the county clerk's office. Now, this is not very exciting for people, right? But uh, let me tell you, there's a reason why Kevin Smith did the whole clerks, right? There's a reason why that was interesting. And there is a lot going on in the clerk's office in Moultrie County and in many counties. I have lots of stories to tell. I've been <laughs> uh, talking to a lot of people. And um, and let me tell you, there is a lot of pushback on any kind of um, narrative that would impugn the integrity of our elections. I want to be clear right off the bat, I have not found any, you know, instance where a vote was was cast illegally, right? Uh, I've not seen any evidence of any of that, right? Uh, so let's just put that pin in at the beginning. Now, you may believe something different. Let's just leave that but where people might have strong opinions on either side and leave that behind. Because this is something much more interesting. And it's about how we, a lot of people feel like they're, um, they've been living in fresh hell for a long time. Especially, you know, members of the Democratic Party in rural Illinois. We all know, if you've been paying attention for the last 40, 50 years, how this has been going. So, I um, <laughs> thankfully have been doing a lot of digging and a lot of researching and connecting all of these dots. You know, I'm going to be talking about lots of fun things today. I'm also going to let a lot of other people have a say, right? And I think that's very important here. You know, there's been a lot of things said in public forum. Uh, you know, like the county board, for instance, in Moultrie. They're, um, if you don't know, but the county clerk of 21 years, Georgia, England, uh, she's the last elected Democrat and, and the longest serving elected official in the entire county. 
uh, she quit back in July. And I happened to be there when this took place. And as I've explored this, it has just blown my mind. Blown my mind. I am... I've had people, um, some people very close to me, try to use intimidation, emotional manipulation, um, all sorts of just nasty tactics to try to stop the exploration of this truth, right? And these aren't easy things to do for people. You know, I think it's really important to understand the mentality of folks that are living in these positions. I mean, the, the county clerk's office has been the focal point of a lot of criticism, uh, and, you know, across this country for the last couple years. And if you're a member of a minority party where you live uh, and you know how hostile it can feel at times and it's really I think uh, something that people on the majority side should take into consideration when they approach certain things right now that being said these are elected officials who have very specific jobs that they must undertake. You know, the county clerks, the, the most difficult task is, and the one that's most obvious is obviously elections. There's a lot of other things that county clerks do. It is the most powerful position in any county, in my opinion, um, than anybody else. So when you'd have 20 years to back you up, as Georgia does, or did, I should say, you... Um, you don't challenge that person very often without severe consequences. You know, she has, um, and I have lots of public statements, people from within the courthouse, outside of it, friends, family, whatever, all saying some of the very same things, right? She's above reproach. I've heard that so many times, right? When somebody says that, I get a little concerned. And it's not because I think something's been wrong, but it's because nobody's paying attention. And I know that just from my experience examining our local government for the last seven years while I've been back here. Actually, it's been about eight or nine, I guess. So I went into this with a very open mind. I wanted to try to clear up some of the inconsistencies in the statements. And I did not know it was going to take three months to get to where I'm at. And then I had no idea that I'd be going deeper into some, you know, different rabbit holes, which I've got going on. And I just have to say part of this today and then continue with this work and effort, because this is one of the most interesting stories I could imagine. It really is. So let's start with. Georgia herself. Now, I am going to read the statement that she read where she quit. Now, I think it's interesting the, you know, the timing 
of her statement, which I have uncovered some new information that suggests that there was some discussion potentially with the Attorney General's office the day prior that led to the resignation that I'm about to read. And I, when I listened to back to the county board meeting, I was pretty shocked because I realized Georgia had the opportunity as an elected official to speak before the public, right? And she chose not to because she knew she knew that somebody else in the community, Ann Willer, had written a you know, five-minute speech and they had actually requested special time for her to be able to speak it. And I will share that with you as well. Now, th I am sequencing this differently than it was in reality because it is different. It changed. I don't think Ann knew at all that Georgia was going to quit, but Georgia did. And I have absolute evidence of that. And I know that certain things were requested and uh, checks were printed um, at certain times in order to uh, pay all the election workers in the county. Um, and those checks had to be printed that day. Otherwise, uh, if they would have been printed and signed the next day, they would have been invalid because of Georgia's signature. And they didn't tell anybody else in the county government um, or the people that were actually required to sign those checks. And they used that time to keep those people out of this contentious public forum, the county board meeting. Yes. I will get into those specifics. And I am a bit appalled by it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's actually heartbreaking. It really is. <sighs> yeah, I do not. I did not want to learn any of this. This is not the story I wanted to tell. But this is the story that is. And there are other stories. You know, here in Pell's County, for instance, we had, you know, Gail Mason, who's a Democratic, uh, one of two of the Democrats on the board. Uh, she was, she's obviously on the ballot. She was on the ballot in the primary, on the Democratic ballot. She pulled a Republican ballot in the primary, where she was on the Democrat ballot. Now, I cannot believe it, but county clerks in Illinois have complete authority over anything like county white offices down and these elections they can run any way that they want it doesn't really matter what the law or the code really says unless you challenge them right you can use it to challenge their decisions so they have amazing latitude and authority to do what they want you know but they also have a lot of accountability for that you know if they do something wrong really wrong then they're they're on the hook for it. So, you know, it's a 
it's a double-edged sword, right? And it cuts both ways, having that kind of authority. You know, you have that kind of accountability. At least you should. So, I only found out about Gail because she was, wanted to be an election judge for the general election coming up. Of course, she's going to be on the ballot for that. I've, now, I've checked all of this out. It's all legal somehow, but it doesn't smell right. That's for sure. And I actually know why she pulled that ballot. And it's the same reason why in Moultrie County, 200 Democrats pulled Republican ballots this year. And that was significant. This has actually happened across the state. And, and I'll tell you, I know exactly why. There are two, well, there are two reasons. Darren Bailey and Mary Miller. Though they're extremists, you know, they're radical kind of agenda. Now, you may agree with it, may not. It doesn't matter. But people responded to it. It's very polarizing. And it moved people to do things that they normally wouldn't do. In fact, in Moultrie County, 40 of those 200 had never pulled a Republican ballot. Yeah. These are the same things I have discovered in every county uh, that I've, you know, lifted up the rock and looked under. I've seen the same, the same situation. And a number of these Democrats that pulled Republican ballots were on the ballot as, uh, for something or other, you know, like precinct committee people, county board, other items and that's an issue should be because when you fill out a petition of course I would get on the ballot which I've done um, a couple times you uh, under penalty of perjury sign and it has to be notarized I mean it's a very elaborate process you sign and notarize that you are a member of that partisan political party you were that kind of a candidate for these things. Now, if it's city council, mayor, you know, those are the municipal uh, level jobs. No, but absolutely for county board, county treasurer, county clerk, all that, judges even, you have to sign and under subject to perjury that you're a member of that party. And then when you go in to the ballot box and you pull a Republican ballot, you're saying you're a member of that party. And there is a, a problem. At least I find it. I found some county clerks have some real issues having a known Democrat. I mean, nobody would ever question Gail being a Democrat, right? I guess. But <laughs> some people just don't want to be ever labeled a Republican these days, right? But she absolutely chose that ballot even if it meant she had to come off the off of the ballot herself in order to vote against Mary Miller. <laughs> it's stunning. Well, I mean, it, it that wasn't even a close election. And this is why I've tried to always tell people about the numbers for these Democratic folks in rural Illinois. If you try to do this, it's like taking a thimble of fresh water and putting it into the Mediterranean and expecting it to be a freshwater sea. It just doesn't happen. 
it doesn't make a difference because there are so many overwhelming numbers on the Republican side that you get washed out completely. And when they get wind of what you're doing, it actually reinforces support for the person that you're voting against. But they didn't ask me for my advice before they went and did this. <laughs> I wish they had. Uh, some of them do, right? So she's going to be an election judge, right? In a different precinct than she's going to on the ballot. And she'll be that as a Democrat. Well, even though she should be a Republican this cycle because she pulled the ballot. Yeah, it's con yeah. Think about this. If you walked into your precinct and you, they, they say this is the Democrat or the Republican election judge, and you know 100% that the opposite is true, it would upset you. Well, it would, it would upset me, knowing that this person lied. So there's that. Now, the State Board of Elections, I tell you, they have gotten very lax on a lot of these things. I don't... Um, understand exactly why but their answer which is very consistent is that county clerk's going to make the call every time barring you know somebody literally going to the effort of challenging a decision or potential decision of a county clerk or some somebody in the office and that has happened in another county where Somebody was just trying to become a, a registrar or a deputy registrar, right? And they were going to be denied. Because of A, B, C, or D. And a lot of this, as I began to explore, comes down to, you know, these people in these positions. I mean, these are very complex law, laws that are back up the county clerk's position, right? There's a lot in there. I mean, I dug through those codes for... Way too long, I gotta say. And it would make your brain bleed. But that's their their the law that dictates what these people are able to do. And if you as a citizen or somebody that wants to, you know, be active in a political party or on the ground trying to register voters, you have to be more knowledgeable, more confident, and also the have the capacity to challenge not only local folks, but also people at the State Board of Elections. Not a lot of people like that. And I have quite a few stories about those issues um, taking sometimes years to unravel and get the right decision made. And it's, I don't think a lot of this is malicious, right? I don't, I, mean, I don't see any of that, but I think a lot of it's just a hesitancy by some people to ever make a decision and others, they want to rule the roost. And I do believe that is what has been happening in my hometown, uh, Moultrie County. So let's read first George's letter of resignation where she just quit without notice. Please accept this letter as notice of my resignation as Moultrie County Clerk and Recorder, effective immediately. 
I have dutifully served in this position since being appointed in June 2001. Over 20 plus years, I've successfully navigated this county through more than 30 elections. I have consolidated precincts, which has benefited Moultrie County both financially and in efficiency. We've remained on the cutting edge of voting technology and many voting measures. I have implemented for Moultrie County uh, have become the standard for not only other counties, but for the Illinois State Board of Elections. I have served on a variety of local and state positions within the County Clerk Association to make sure that Moultrie County is positively represented. Cut out. So, it's absolutely true. Now, I have you know, been all over the state talking to county clerks and people on the ground everywhere, and, and it is absolutely true that uh, she is very well respected. George is very well respected within the organization, within the, you know, the just the population of county clerks. She had, you know, people really like her. Oh, she's been around for a while. She sat on many boards on the uh, executive level. She also sat on a board for the state board of elections. So if anybody should know how to manage a lot of these, you know, difficult situations that we're going through as a nation and as a, as, as a community, it should be her, right? Because um, she's laying out her credentials, really, to do that. Unfortunately, I'm back to Georgia, right? Unfortunately, it is not the position, but rather the people who are bringing, clerk, bringing my clerk tenure to a close several months earlier than, than planned. Moultrie County could be so much better than what it has become. But unfortunately, too many people are choosing to emphasize political parties over the best person for the position. The Moultrie County Courthouse has become a toxic environment. Quality people are leaving become, because of underqualified elected officials and appointed department heads who care more for themselves or their party than they do the citizens of this county. I, for one, cannot continue to watch the destruction of a county I have called home for over 45 years. All right, cut out from this. Now, I find a few things that are kind of interesting off the bat here, right? You know, she's the one injecting this, you know, all of these allegations, right? No specific people involved, right? Just maybe department heads, maybe elected officials, right? Um, she's been there longer than anybody. In all that courthouse, she served longer than anybody. She ran that place. So let's, let's continue. Partisan politics has no place in local elected offices. Yeah, you're right. It is bad enough we have to watch our great country continue to be pulled apart by radical factions from both parties. We should not have to suffer the same fate in our county. Moultrie County needs balance. We need more involvement from the people who live in this county. I couldn't agree more to that, right? More people need to be made aware of the dysfunction that goes on within the courthouse and within this own elected county board. That's exactly what I'm doing. I listened. I did listen, and I have been uh, striving to 
create a opportunity here, right, for people to get more involved. And I do think it might be happening. Uh, people need to become aware of the unelected actors who are skewing the public's perception over who is truly qualified. Now, I do find this she is mentioned qualifications or unqualified people a couple times now. Now, I this is a very sly. It's a manipulation, in my opinion, after I've looked back at all of it. Because if everyone else is discounted and you believe her, because she's above reproach, right? But she is literally cutting people down, their characters, their ethics, and their qualifications without even mentioning them. So anybody who comes up against her or opens up a dialogue or discussion or an exploration of what's been going on is one of those people. Well, is it that fun? Right? This is most definitely not the way I had anticipated closing out my 21 successful years as the Moultrie County Clerk and Recorder, but I will not let insignificant Right. People. She said it. Insignificant people. There's not one insignificant person in that entire county when it comes to that office. And that kind of mentality that I think may have sunk in with her is more of a you know defensive posture than anything else, right? But I will not let insignificant people continue to badger and bully me. Now, these are words that you'll hear other people use it. Oh yeah. This is most definitely not. All right. I have enjoyed my time, but now it is time for me to enjoy my life. Right? Georgia, England. Well, I was completely blown away by that. Completely blown away. And of course, she read that after county elected officials, right, had had their opportunity to speak and did not. She did not, right? And there was the public's comment, and they had this letter by Anne. I'm going to share. The, well, I'm not going to share that, but Anne very explicitly tells how difficult this office is, you know, it's not easy to get an election across the finish line and make sure that it's done appropriately in every step. You know, things happen. It's That's part of elections. That's a lot of why uh, some people have turned those regular, you know, functions of this, of our elections and stakes of people, right, into much bigger fish to fry. And that's why I think it's important to highlight all of this constellation of actors and situations and the person that was supposed to stand within all of that and always do the right thing, right? Always stand above the toxic culture, if that's really what was there, or the partisan, you know, bickering or whatever this bullying is. I don't know. I mean, who can bully an, somebody in their 70s? <laughs> Especially somebody who's the most powerful person in the entire county, in the entire courthouse. I just don't buy that. Now, maybe she feels this way. It's possible. I did have a conversation with her yesterday. 
And uh, I don't think it went the way she thought it would. So let's listen to her deputy who took her place after she quit. Now, I edited it out the, uh, the applause lines, okay? Because it was just way too loud. I apologize for any of the uh, bumping sounds and stuff. I, yeah, we're, uh, this was back in July. And uh, I think you're gonna enjoy this. for vacation time and comp time. Seriously, that's really freaking important to you. That's just childishness. On top of that, all of this has gotten so hot in hand. She told you about the stuff that our office is being attacked constantly. I mean, really, on election night, somebody has to go and put on Facebook, Photoshop, dumpsters that we're burning ballots you really think we would be doing anything like that it's just freaking childishness so let's stop right there for a second i checked in on this allegation of a allegation online and i knew exactly who to look for it's brad graven you know somebody we've talked to uh, talked about on uh, this uh, podcast before. It's amazing how he's hit the center of so many items. He's actually the one that lit the flame of this entire situation. And I did look it up, right? I've, I've researched this claim that somebody was claiming that ballots have been burnt. It's just not true. Yes, uh, so this is from... June 28th, right? So that's the night of the primary. And Brad Graven had posted, I have the picture of it here, current situation in the Moultrie County Clerk's Office. Rolling dumpster fire. Now, apparently this is what one of Brad's favorite things to like put out there, this little picture of a, of a dumpster fire. You know, could be a, um, you know, kind of a projection of his life or something. I don't know. He, um, yes, and I did find some actual allegations within the comments of the post, which, you know, these are, have all been sorted out and left on the chopping, you know, chopping floor. You know, one of them's about precinct, you know, three homes, six voters, clearly precinct, you know, different precinct or something, right? Blah, 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 right? You know, these things happen, especially when, you know, it, after a census and things have been redistricted, things happen like this. It's not abnormal. There is no allegation that people uh, voted twice or their votes were counted twice or something like that. None. And, you know, Brad knows all this. 
Brad knows this. He's actually doing all of this, the dumpster fire, to disguise some something he had actually done to create the laws. Because he had supported a candidate in the county clerk's office race uh, on the Republican side. There were no candidates on the Democratic side, right? None. And there were none in November either. This just tells you all you need to know about how accurate I am about the Democratic Party uh, around these parts. No criticism of the people that are involved because they're doing everything they can. But um, there was also an allegations about these pro private political signs being taken down on private property, right? And Terry, there are very clear rules about how far from you know polling places that these signs can be, and you know, God, I just. This stuff, there's a reason why they have these rules and why it's contentious. Because, you know, little things can make a difference on election day, right? And in this particular race, this is very specific, right? It, that Republican County Clerk's primary had four votes separating the, the winner from the person who did not win. And it was very upsetting for those people, of course it was, right? It'd be so close and then, you know. And then, of course, add in the information about, oh, the 200 Democrats pulling Republican ballots. Well, then you begin to see a narrative that could be formed on both sides of this. And, of course, the person that won actually works in the office, the county clerk's office. And there were are some allegations there, and you know, I I don't really think that matters at this point because she's on the ballot. There's nobody on the ballot um, on November. She is going to be the county clerk. So, you know, they had an opportunity on the July thirteenth. Now these dates are going to start making sense, right? July thirteenth, they had to, or was it July twelfth, right? Um, they had to certify the election results or challenge it in court, you know, that would for a real recount, which would have cost about fifteen thousand dollars. Nobody wanted to cough it up on the side of the person who did not win. And so on we go. And then it was July fourteenth that Georgia quit. So, oh yes, and here's a mention of the Attorney General and State Board of Elections. We're being drawn into this. But um, I did look up on Judici and stuff, but there was nothing that I found at that time um, on the books, and there's certainly nothing now. Yeah, so I looked up through all these things, you know, and Brad very well knew what he was doing. He was, it's a big old distraction from how he was at the heart of why the, his candidate actually lost. Um, we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> um, but so I looked at those allegations. Now let's listen to the rest of 
what Pam has to say. Now, Pam, let's talk about Pam Wachowski, right? She's worked in the county clerk's office for 17 years under Georgia. She's obviously very loyal to her and vice versa. And that's why Georgia's running her campaign after she was slotted, not in the county clerk's race in November, but in the county treasurer's race, which is a very interesting set of decisions. You'll find a lot of these articles were in the news progress where, um, you know, she, that her being slated as a candidate was announced and, you know, Georgia actually was involved in that. Let's read this real quick. You know, since we got Pam on the hot seat. Well, she's put herself there, right? So she's the deputy county clerk. That means right now she's the interim county clerk. It was at the next county board meeting that they had to approve her um, increased salary as a result of taking on these extra duties. Um, yeah, so here's some a statement by Georgia in this letter. Right, I fully endorse Pam to become our next treasurer of Moultrie County. Since I hired her 17 years ago, she has had a sharp eye on processes and procedures that have saved taxpayers money. Pam is well aware of what the uh, position entails. She will be boots on the ground from day one, committed to providing the highest quality of work, coupled with professionalism that this county and courthouse so desperately needs. Okay, well, let's listen to some of that professionalism. I mean, it hasn't even gone so far that the... Trying to be nice. <laughs> oh, come on. Has had... <laughs> you don't know how bad this could be. <laughs> um, has had to file a complaint against our office with the state's attorney saying that... Geez, Linda, during election time, is going and introducing herself as Linda Qualls so that they know nobody does that. We don't do that. She never did that. It's just constant lie after lie after lie after lie. And at the end of the complaint, they wanted to know, who is Georgia accountable to? That was a big thing. Who is she accountable to? Seriously? Georgia is the most Christ-centered, ethical, honest, hardworking public servant, and she makes sure that our office carries out through the highest level of integrity possible. The voters realize this as they've seen in her vote count over the years. She has always been the high vote getter in every election she has ever run. Every law change, of which there are many, is thoroughly reviewed for understanding and office procedural changes as needed. At any time that anyone has questions about this office, Georgia was always happy to explain the law or satisfy the reasons for their concerns. However, some people, a certain group of people, in the recent past preferred to show nothing but contempt for this office and our staff. Georgia clearly lives her faith every day. It's too bad that others are so concerned with obtaining power to do the same because their actions speak so much louder than what their words are, especially to the Lord, who's sitting right in here and seeing exactly what it is you are doing all the time. Your lack of understanding of the duties and laws of the office and county government are self-evident. I'd like to know from that person, who do they think they report to? So there you go. That is Pam 
Witowski running for a county treasurer as a Democrat against the incumbent. Stephanie Helmuth. I looked into these FOIA requests. You know, that's the Freedom of Information Act. It's actually provides transparency into our government. And I just got a, uh, you know, hit back on some, you know, voluminous request that I just made. And so I've got to kind of alter that a bit. Because, you know, FOIA requests, that is not simple. It should be a lot simpler, right? You know, in Moultrie County, the FOIA officer is actually the, also the state's attorney. You know, that's a tough, uh, that's a lot of work if somebody like myself is asking some specific questions that go back a while. Which I am. I am. Uh, but, you know, I have reasons that I am doing that. You know, I, I want to thoroughly understand what, you know, Georgia and Pam and everybody else is so upset about, you know, because I looked into these allegations about, you know, wrongdoing or something, and not one, not one person, not one could tell me anything. And I asked again and again and again. It is one of the saddest things. I mean, it is the hardest thing to unravel a completely bullshit story. Completely made up. Right? It is hard. Uh, but if you provide facts and stuff, people can always, you know, dispute facts because they just ignore them. But a, a narrative where there's a victim and a uh, hero clearly defined, it that's something that people can really understand, right? I am kind of stunned by some of this. You know, I have a couple of things here about... Um, so, I wrote this a bit, of, a bit ago. And about some of what Pam has brought up here, right? And, it, you know, just the bullying and stuff like that. It does feel like these people... I absolutely believe. They believe they're, they've been bullied and that they're being pushed around or whatever. Just because... People happen, you know, in the public and in their roles in that courthouse have asked questions, you know, or demanded, you know, you know, other people do their jobs so that they can do theirs, right? You know, it's a, it's a workplace. It is not, you know, it's not always a paradise, right? You know, you can't be bullied into resigning, though. I think that's very clear. And people should know. You can't be bullied into resigning. Now a person can claim that, but it's their their oath they take, right? And the voters that elected them to represent them, that they are saying they can't fulfill the promise, right? That's the choice of the elected official. Our country has become hysterical. Those who abide by the hysterical shouldn't be running anything. And yeah, the people who attacked that office did so in a very disingenuous way. I, I absolutely know Brad, and I know what he's capable of. He also knows how to use a, a couple bits of 
non-info, right, or a picture, and how it can get taken away, you know, for a real ride. You know, a dumpster fire becomes ballots on fire. And it's actually the people that he's criticizing are the ones that create the worst narrative about themselves. Now, see, that's when you know somebody's you know, feels not only victimized, but they're also... Uh, they're part of their own victimization. Amazing that one person can post a picture of something like a couple dumpster fires and people take that as meaning something else entirely. Here from the reports I've received from various folks, a few people believed ballots were burned. Those with a deep emotional connection to the outcome of that election were, of course, outraged at the thought that someone would do that to the people they supported. I doubt much thinking was involved in some of the words and maybe actions that took place as a result of taking a picture as reality and applying the worst narrative possible to it. That pretty much sounds like nearly everyone I come across these days. Everyone thinks the worst of someone else. It's really the job of anyone in these positions to know what the truth is, stand up for it calmly, be able to set up a process so that as many people open to seeing the truth will be able to see it once all the facts are placed before the people. It's not easy. What I found remarkable is how this compares to many of the elected officials back in 2020 that are now, you know, they've been testifying, you know, in uh, before the House Select Committee on January 6th. People may disagree with that, but I just think it's very important to note that those are all Republicans, almost all of them, right? And they didn't just withstand a couple days of pressure from angry people, right, that are understandably upset. You know, when you find out 200 Democrats pulled Republican ballots, right, and in your person, your candidate of choice, lost by four votes, it makes you feel not good about the process. And that should be understandable by everybody. You know, we have the president of the United States calling them up and attempting to steal an election. That's what he was doing. President Trump was calling these elected officials and applying pressure. And I tell you, that's exactly what was done to me with regards to this story. Because people with power and influence, you know what they try to do? They try to use it. Usually for themselves. So, they, you know, the, all those Republicans, right, that testified, they supported Trump even. Yet, and yet, they had taken their oaths with the weight that they're supposed to be taken. We cannot put, I'm not putting my politics and the way I feel about anything ahead of any, any of it. Because you know, let me tell you, I've ran as a Democratic candidate. Georgia's a Democratic candidate. I like her, right? This is not what I want to do. But this is the right thing. They are a testament to American strength and fairness. And they are. And you know what? They've all suffered. It's not easy to withstand the mob. Now we won't have a 21-year veteran heading up Moultrie County's elections in November. We're going to have Pam. Well, she ended up having Rita Floyd uh, come in to do it because, well, 
Pam's got to run her campaign as county treasurer while working. You know, with people in our community that have no moral or ethical problem with misleading and manipulating people in order to achieve whatever agenda their whims today may dictate. I am not confident that this crucial office will be able to withstand the pressures of the remainder of this year. And that's why somebody quitting like this, in this position, right, with that much experience, doing it two, three months, four months before an election, that is an egregious act. Might be the best thing for her personally, you know, for her personal well-being. I don't know. Decisions made in a crisis and haste tend to not be our best. I even urge folks outside of the county to reach out to the office weeks before all of this happened. I really thought, I, I just felt something, there was a crisis going on. And I was right. And you know, apparently, though, the reason why she actually quit was maybe a deal she made with the Attorney General. Okay, so now we're going to divert a bit because this reminded me of some testimony I managed to get from somebody that you know, worked with Georgia for not very long and but knew her for a very long time. And I do have permission to use this clip. I... Um, think this is uh, powerful stuff and um, here we go as, as time went on I could tell there was conflict between them not necessarily Stephanie towards Georgia but Georgia towards Stephanie I was always told to keep what was said in this office inside of this office and oh yeah obviously I didn't feel comfortable with that because you know it's a taxpayer office um, I respected it as much as I could but you know I felt at freedom to say what I've heard because it's an office that is a taxpayer office and I feel like it should be public knowledge because you know they're paying our paychecks okay and then here is another clip that I think is important this shows actually Georgia protecting this person um People were going to the wrong precincts, machines were shutting down, that kind of stuff. I wasn't a part of that. I only found out after the election when Stephanie was speaking to me about it. Um, so Stephanie obviously was kind of suspicious. Um, we, I was kind of suspicious because I, I think it was a week after the election and that's when Georgia was like, protective mother instincts are kicking in. I don't want you in the middle of it, so I'm gonna just you just stay in staff so office. She, do you think she knew that there was, you know, that... I don't... I have known Georgia for a very long time, mm -hmm. and I've always had a high respect for her, but I will admit that there are little things that just seemed a little uncomfortable, kind of sketchy. Um, hmm. I don't... She was very... She was a very secretive person with Pam in the office and stuff like that. Okay. Wow. So, lots going on there. Lots to actually kind of see from all of the sides in um, those clips. You know, it's apparent that there was general distrust. There is a culture problem. I think it's interesting. You know, when I talked to Georgia, she was very kind of upset that I hadn't uh, immediately reached out to her first. Well, I like to talk to people that 
don't have all of the power first before you go and talk to the person that does. And that was her in this situation. And I wanted to make sure I had as many perspectives and as many facts, you know, and, and have done enough research to understand uh, enough of the context and the angles that uh, I wouldn't get, you know, bowled over by somebody, like, you know, with her position, power, and influence. Because she sure can, uh, can intimidate the hell out of people. And I gotta say, you know, that it's, it's tough, right? You know, I've, in all of this, I've never had one person come forward with something more specific than people being hateful, you know, which is frankly the mood of the country. I mean, everybody's pissed about inflation, about something, right? Gas, price of gas. Just ask people to be specific about what was being done. That's what I would always urge anybody to do, right? When somebody starts telling you a, you know, some kind of negative story about somebody, listen for specifics. And if nobody is giving them, it's usually a reason. You know, beyond some irresponsible post by Brad Graven that spun out people that would conceivably be overinvested in the outcome of a specific election, I've yet to hear anything so specific. It seems that this is more about personality differences magnified by the political divisions we've all been enduring, coupled with a few heated exchanges by people who should know how to better resolve conflicts amongst themselves. And this is what's mind-boggling. So there was a uh, conference in the spring for you know county officials in, in, the, in Illinois here. I actually was able to get the breakout session materials for, those, um, for that conference. And I sure wish that some of these people had been to the conference and went to the breakout sessions. Because um, it's, fa it's fascinating that the topic in one of them was uh, turning conflict into productivity for both employees and managers. So this is obviously something that is not just about what's happening here in Moultrie County. It is very easy to say it's all about you, right? It's all about uh, some, you know, personal, you know, beef that people have with somebody, unless it could just be people expressing doubts, concerns, or questions, right? And it is the job of these people in the, those courthouses, right, in those public jobs paid by taxpayers to answer those questions as best as they can. You know, nobody expects them to be perfect. You know? You know, the, uh, these FOIA requests, right, those are the right of any person, organization, or elected official to make of public offices for the sake of transparency. I cannot cannot say how important these laws are. The defensiveness and extreme emotions of people who serve the public when responding to these requests doesn't serve those public servants, nor the public. It's their job to answer those requests, not act as if it's an imposition. Yes, it might be easier to just walk across the hallway and ask for the document you need. However, it seems as if these personality and political differences have been exacerbated by external forces. But you know what? I found 
an instance where the county clerk's office did not respond to you know those that walk across the hall request for months and taxpayers in Moultrie County almost were on the hook for $300,000 out of the budget as a direct result and that kind of you know um, inefficiency and you know unresolved conflict is should be resolved right you know it's this uh, extreme defensiveness coupled with above reproach mentality that in my opinion has led to the disintegration of trust this vacuum of trust is not just with politicians but it's with the business sector as well as in healthcare you know I I get it you know these are not easy or these are not fun topics I do have so much more to tell you and I am going to uh, put a pin in this because i got to get to a Democratic dinner over in um, Sullivan. See uh, all these people. I'm sure they're going to be real thrilled to see me. I will. Um, I know I'll be happy to ha have some conversations with them. I appreciate you all. I cannot wait to get the rest of this out. I have well, so much material. Uh, almost too much. And so today, here's a little, you know, is a tidbit into the the beginnings of this this is all the way back in july and it, it, here it is georgia england you know resigned county clerk has been working in the county clerk's office the entire time while on a campaign uh, against the county treasurer yeah let that sink in